and welcome to the Department of Metal Antiquities. Where we remember what everyone else has forgotten. As always, it is Nick Cameron of Glacially Musical, and I am joined by my good friend and cohort, Duncan Evans. How are we doing today? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, not too bad at all. The sun is shining. We've entered daylight savings time, as I believe you guys have over there as well. Yes, we have. The worst time in the world. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not nice losing that hour. But anyway. Um, well, my yeah. issue is getting the, the extra hour of daylight. Give me the proper time. I want I, I, I have enough daylight. I don't need more. I want I like the nighttime. It makes it a lot easier to watch movies in my backyard if it's not, you know bright light but uh true, i guess true. i should not be complaining to that to somebody who has uh daytime until like what 10 30 in in july yeah 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 absolutely we do yeah yeah ne- nearly 11 at the on the lightest nights yeah Holy crap that is crazy <laughs> that is i can't i yeah i i don't want to move up there anymore but um <laughs> thank you everybody for joining us of course we are talking about the latest album between or latest listen to me the first and only well it actually is the latest album by two it's the only album by two which is of course john five and rob halford the heavy metal legend but before we get into that did want to say i am actually cleaning out my collection from cds because i don't listen to them anymore so I will have a link in the description to my eBay. There is going to be crap tons of these things going. They are going on the cheap because I don't care. So uh, take a look. See if you want some. But uh, da, 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 da. I'm a little scatterbrained this morning. I am going to a baseball game this afternoon. So we are recording very early. And I am drinking coffee out of my Edgar Allan Poe mug. It's got Very nice. Like, I like the mug. Shame that the listeners can't see it, but it's very cool um yeah man all right well so are we gonna get into talking about this album too then yes let's go ahead and talk about this let's set the stage a little bit the this band started in what 1996 so in 1996 rob halford's second band had already broken up fight and although fight now has legendary status they were less than legendary then and this was not a time when uh, Rob Halford was uh, really doing great. Fight had a couple of minor hits and then kind of blew up. Around the same time, previous podcast and current podcast subject, John Five, had been working with David Lee Roth on a couple albums, including at least one that is still unreleased to this day. Wowza. So, then, Yeah. Oh, and then at this time, 1995, 96, of course, we have the rise of Marilyn Manson. We have Nine Inch Nails going from skater punk heroes, excuse me, into household names, which I still, still cannot fathom that. Any of that. Mm-hmm. But that's beside, I, I don't understand how Nine Inch Nails became a thing. Oh, and you also had a helmet going around and... There, there, it was. It was definitely a time of change. Grunge had ended, so we're yeah. now in the post-grunge era. I know a lot of people loved grunge, but grunge is like punk rock. It, it, it kind of came and it kind of went. It just, it's a kind of like yeah. thrash metal. Thrash metal came, thrash metal went. New metal came, guess, new metal went. And I guess the Nine Inch Nails style of industrial was kind of a post-grunge industrial. Um, you know, they had a lot of those grungy choruses and grungy melodies and stuff. Um, yes, it was a lot um dirtier, like grunge yeah. was. It had that that grunge kind of 
grit yeah. to it. That's like probably yeah. the only thread in grunge that that goes all the way across the gamut is it had that certain kind of dirty sound. Yeah. And I guess this was the start of the new metal era. So metal was kind of big again, but not classic metal, N- not not like Judas Priest or Iron Maiden. Right. More, you know, with the, these bands were coming in that were mixing electronic sounds with metal, mixing hip hop with metal. Um, but they were undeniably heavy. So we'd got out of, you know, the kind of we'd had hair metal, which wasn't really that heavy, arguably wasn't even really metal in some ways. And then we'd had grunge, which was kind of heavy in a lot of ways. Some of the bands verged on metal, like maybe Soundgarden was sort of metal. But generally speaking, it's more of a punk kind of rawness rather than a metal heaviness. And now we're back to heavy, heavy, heavy being cool again. And these these really big sounding heavy productions, you know, um, Ross Robinson, who produced um, like the Korn albums and stuff like that, um, was into making these really big sounding records. And I guess... um, a lot of the stuff that uh what's what's he called Rick Rubin was involved with um that was kind of heavy as well so heaviness was back but it was more of um mixing metal with other styles especially electronic elements coming in so i guess this is what um what Rob Halford and John Five sort of wanted to do so the album's called Voyeurs it's their only record they were originally called Gimp but then they decided to change that name because there was another band already using that name. So they called it two stylized with the number two instead of the T Um, real quick. That is so dumb. (laughs) I mean, it's not the best band name in the world. I don't think. Why would you even call it two John Lowry at this point? Cause it's, it's wrong to even call him John five. He doesn't get the moniker John five for another four years. When this yeah, true. Starts. True. He is still, he is still just an largely unknown musician to the John Super Lowry. Yeah, yeah, John Lowry. He was called. Yeah. At yeah. this point in time, he is making a great career out of being a session player in Los Angeles, which was his dream growing up. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. But it's so why would you even name it as though it were some sort of supergroup that everybody should know about? Yeah, strange, isn't it? But yeah, at some point, um, Rob Halford, I think it was him, went to Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails, of course, and basically said, I've got this new project. Um, do you want to release it on your label, Nothing Records? Um, and he did. He agreed to do that. And that he is act- so weird to me. Because at this yeah. point in time, the separation is still very real. Yeah, the- yeah. <sighs> yeah, no, totally. And then basically... Trent Reznor takes a credit for executive producer, but he wasn't involved in the actual music. I think he may have given Rob Halford a bit of advice. Someone, I think I read that he maybe advised Rob Halford about using different style, different sides of his voice. Cause if you, when we when we get into the track by track, we'll hear that it doesn't sound a lot like Rob Halford. Like I wouldn't have known this was Rob Halford if I, if I wasn't told it was Rob Halford. Singing. I'm not convinced that Rob Halford sang on this record, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it is him. But yeah, it doesn't sound like him, basically. So they got in um, Skinny Puppies. Um, what's he called? The guy, Dave Ogilvy. Ogilvy. I don't know how you say it, but Ogilvy. anyway, they got, they got Ogilvy. There you go. That makes more sense. They got him in as producer, um, but also 
Bob Marlette, who's in the band on keyboards, drum, pro- drum programming, and bass. Think about that for a second. Not drums. No, there's no actual drum drums on this record at all. No drums on a Rob Halford record. Yep. I mean, there's drum sounds, but not drum drums, not actual physical real drums. So, yeah, they got Bob Marlett. So Bob Marlett did a lot of the production um, with this um, David Ogilvy. I still can't say it. Ogilvy. Ogilvy Ogilvy as well. Um, And basically it flopped. It it just, people just didn't get it. I guess the metal, the old school metal fan base was not ready for industrial metal, I suppose. No, they were not. Um, but since so it didn't sell very well, it got to number 157 on the Billboard album charts. I believe the single didn't chart at all on the on the main charts, but got to some low number on the mainstream rock chart, um, like number 100 or something. Let me just have a little look here. Um, I'll find it. Number oh no, it got to number 22, but that's on the rock chart rather than on the mainstream chart as such. Um. Yeah, so, and that's kind of most of it. So, so they did this, and then, and then essentially John Five left to go join Marilyn Manson, and then I think Rob Halford intended to carry this on, wrote some new stuff, but then decided not to bother and actually re-recorded some of that stuff or used it for the writing uh, for his next Halford album. The first, um, that's his first solo first record, I believe. solo record, right, there we go, called Resurrection. Or, or yeah, there we go, Resurrection in I saw Rob Halford on that tour, actually. He was opening for Iron Maiden with Queensryche on, in, the, in the United States tour. Nice. Very, very hated it. Hated it so much. It was... Right. Rob okay. Halford, I mean. He was just... It, it, it looked like he did not care to be there. Right. Which right. I can understand because he was opening, opening for Iron Maiden. Yeah. 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 The band he was in competition with for so long. But yeah. Yeah. If you don't mind, I have a actual interesting personal story about this album. Now. Yeah. I had never heard this record. So, you know, when we keep talking about the industrial metal, this and that, uh, I learned that after we picked this and after we started doing this episode, but I first heard of this album back in 1999 ish, maybe 2000, because I was working with a guy, his name was Nate. He was in a band, a local St. Louis band for a number of years in the early nineties called tribes with knives. They put out a record. Uh, The only time I ever heard it was when we were on our way to a machine head show. Mm -hmm. And he was playing it in the car, reliving his former glories, I guess. They uh, they were a band that he felt could have made it, but they had some internal problems. Basically, mainly the lead singer wouldn't ever go on tour, wouldn't ever do shows, wouldn't. So they ran into a pretty serious problem there, because how do you move forward when, you know, it's like he's like, the singer would just say, nope, I'm going to stay home with my wife. You guys go. Right. It makes it difficult. But. He, after that band imploded, he and another friend of mine, Dave, started a couple other local and semi-regional bands that he did. And he did a lot of touring in a Nine Inch Nails cover band. Uh Uh-huh. So he did the singing in, in this Nine Inch Nails cover band and Dave played the drums. And during the formation of two... 
Rob Halford's management contacted him Mm -hmm. and asked him if he would be interested in working with Rob Halford due to his... He felt that... So I guess I did know a little bit about the industrial. He, He felt... They felt that with his work in the in the industrial cover band thing that he would be okay with the look and they would be interested to see if he, he would be interested in playing guitar so he sent some photos he sent some photos and he sent them a copy of his album so they could hear his playing and all that kind of stuff and oh my god i wasn't sure if you had uh, locked up there or not. uh the anyway so and they kept writing him back saying, okay, would you send us back a photo of you dressed this way, of you dressed that way? Uh, never did get to audition with Rob Halford. He had found out John Five had gotten it. He said, yeah, the, the guy that was in Maryland, the guy that's in Marilyn Manson got it. That, I mean, this is, but I mean, it's just such a weird story that my friend in the Midwest ended up being uh, at least a part of this story. But. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I apologize if I'm sniffing too much. I'm trying to mute. So <clears throat> it's cool, man. So, yeah, I think this has gained something of a cult following in more recent years. I think people have gone back and sort of said, actually, hang on, this album was kind of cool. Um, Yeah, so I guess it probably wasn't necessarily helped by the fact that they released one sing- one single but they got um, an adult movie director to direct the video. Um, and it was like uh, featured adult film stars and stuff. And then therefore didn't get shown at all anywhere because let's, it was considered to be too adult, you know? Yeah. Let's also <laughs> contemporize that a little bit. We're talking about a video that would only be shown at three in the morning on MTV's best days. Yeah. And this exactly. is when MTV is not showing music anymore. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. Not only did you make a video that would be almost never seen, but you made a music video that would almost be never seen in a time when any music video would be almost be never seen. Yeah. You can actually find the video on YouTube. And t- to be honest, there's, there's nothing really particularly graphic in it. And I, I think by today's standards, it probably would have been fine. But uh, but anyway, back then they didn't want to show it. So so there we go. So I guess that didn't help the sales of the single very much. Um, yeah, so I don't think there's a massive amount more to Not a whole lot about more, it. but I wanted to talk about the cover a little bit. Okay. Because I don't get this cover. Yeah, well, the cover has. So it's Rob Halford standing in front of what looks like an old fashioned train. Um, uh, it's not old fashioned. That's how that's actually what subways look like in a lot of parts of the United States to this day. OK, I mean, yeah, it's not too far away. Oh, from- I'm sorry. I forgot. You live in the country where you have trains and you make new trains. Yeah. No. So for Duncan, <laughs> but- yes, this is an old fashioned subway for but us. It's not this far- is a train. Yeah, it's not far off like a London Underground tube train, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, and then it's got Rob himself looking upwards towards the sky, kind of lit from above. And, and he's then superimposed on it. Yeah, he is, yeah. And then they've got a countdown that says 9876543, then the two's missing, and then one, and then two's written underneath in the stylized way with the number two instead of the uh, letter T. So, oh, but it's a two know. that's upside down. It's a two because I guess a two upside down kind of resembles the letter T, which makes it kind of ambiguous about whether it's meant to be a two or a letter T. Just I don't know, man. 
and then it says voyeurs. Yeah, it's I guess it it kind it's very of its time. It's a very late nineties, early two thousands. It is. It, you know what? If this were a Machine Head album cover, I yeah. would bat an eye. Except you wouldn't have like one dude. You probably wouldn't have Rob on the front of it. But and it's it's in that um sepia style sepia, thank you it's in a sepia yeah. tone it's essentially black and white you have uh rob halford with his beard dyed jet black yeah and he's got eyeliner on as well he's looking he's looking a bit goth it's like he's trying to uh play up to the whole it's even more than that thing. he looks like a raccoon <laughs> it's it's i mean yeah. it's, it's, past... it's big eyeliner it's like i i i shadow i i everything yeah. it's a panda panda eyes yeah yes he looked look we were watching uh mighty boost the one where they had the pandas today and he looks like vince painted up like a panda so there's the mighty boost reference yeah <laughs> but yeah this this makes no Absolutely. sense it, I, I don't think this has anything to do with the, the any of the songs at least nothing that i could discern but, yeah. Uh, so other people involved, we've talked about most of them. There was a guy called Anthony Fuvalkic or Valchik, who doesn't have a Wikipedia page, but he Valchik. did keyboards and drum programming. Valchik, there we go. And another guy called Phil Weston, who I think has been involved with Skinny Puppy and the bands Download, Plateau and Frozen Rabbit, none of which I've heard of, but I think they're industrial type bands. So he also does keyboards and drum programs. So basically everyone does keyboards and drum programming, apart from Rob Halford on vocals and then John Five slash John Lowry on guitar and bass. And Bob Marlette does some bass as well. Um, yeah, so, so there we go. Um, I guess it's two because it's only two dudes that are in the band for real. Yeah, I guess so. Engineered by Marlette and Ogilvy, produced by them as well. Mastered by Bob Ludwig. Um, that's about it. So yeah, it kind of just came and went, and it was, I guess, yeah, the in industrial fans of the time probably weren't interested in listening to Rob Halford, and Rob Halford fans weren't ready for industrial metal. Um, so this, it just didn't work. Before we get too deep into it, how deep is this from Geezer? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Which is, and I mean, I I get why both of them would go in a different direction because I. You know, Rob Halford at this point in time had been, you know, Rob Halford as we know him for 20 years. Yeah. I could see why he would want to do something different. But, oh, yeah, sure, sure. But it's always that thing, isn't it? When when an artist who's who's known, whose sort of heyday seems to have been 10 or 20 years previous, when they try and do something that's up to date, that is in line with the contemporary zeitgeist, it can really go one or two ways, but often it fails because it just feels like they're trying too hard and being a bit false, you know? Agreed. Uh, but And he was smart to get, and I think getting John Lowry, a.k.a. John Five, I, I guess we can just say John at this point because we've, we've mm -hmm. used his name quite a bit. Getting John involved was probably really smart because it gives a certain authenticity to the music being played. Rob Halford is just a singer. He doesn't write the music. He doesn't write all that. And so by getting somebody, it's like, oh, well, this guy does that. Yeah. And so Rob's yeah. just joining that guy. That, make, that makes a lot of good sense. But yeah. that is all I have for, for background, lead up, 
Yeah. That's all I have as well. Well, apart from to say it was released on the 10th of March 1998 and they split up later that year. So, you know, it didn't really go very well, far. Yeah, I don't that... think they ever did it live. I think there's, I don't they think did there's a tour. record event. Oh, they, they did do a tour. Well, there you go then. They did a that tour. I don't know if there is a live album. There is not a live album. No. So there's probably recordings of this live somewhere. And yeah. we'll leave it to anybody else if they want to seek this out afterwards. Yeah, so. the only other thing to say is there is a Japanese bonus track called In My Head, which apparently is like impossible to find. I mean, I haven't looked, so maybe it's now findable, but people have written about this being really difficult to find. So there you go. That's uh, always been one of my absolute pet peeves about the music industry is the Japanese bonus tracks. Why do yeah. the Japanese get all the bonus tracks? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, This was recorded in America. America should get the bonus tracks. <laughs> yeah, anyway. okay. Well, shall we get into the track by track then? I am ready because I'm hungry. And when I eat, I am a pig. All right. Well, that is track one. I am a pig. So this starts with a big drummy intro, obviously synthetic drums, but they sound quite... At this point in time, they sound quite real. There's a good, there's a combination. I guess it's very much like Nine Inch Nails in that, I mean, Nine Inch Nails often do use real drums, but they also, when they use synthetic drums, they sometimes sound pretty much like real drums or other times they're more like glitchy, um, overtly synthetic drums. And this, you've got the same combination in, in this record. Then yes. they come up with some really nice, big, chuggy, heavy riffs. So I would say... From this track, this is sounding more like industrial metal than just straight up industrial. And then it breaks down to a very nine inch nailsy bit, um, a bit of smashing pumpkins in there as well, I would say, especially in the vocal uh, tone. And it keeps going between those two sections. So it's got a good, loud, loud, quiet dynamic going on. And the chorus is great. I think it's really catchy. It's strong. It's like a heavier, noisier version of Jane's Addiction. And you've got a brilliant guitar solo from John, from John, let's call him. Very odd, discordant, noisy, effecty. You know, I guess, well, I guess John John Five does stuff like this all the time, but not a million miles away from something like what Tom Morello might do, but just a bit more harsh and noisy. Um, I think it's a great opener. I think I really like it. This one, I, I wanted to jump on your, your comment about the drums. Absolutely correct. And one of the things I think we should mention when it comes to you know, synthetic drums, synthetic drums, just like real drums come in all kinds of different, all different kinds of variants. So in this one, in this album has all different kinds of variants on this. I just, anyway, but this song, this is probably the best song on the record. So it makes sense. You would start with it. It is very nine inch nailsy. There is definitely a very strong influence from the Nirvana school of sound writing, sound writing, Nirvana school of songwriting, excuse me. Mm. The, the quiet loud thing that was not really all that popular until after songs like Smells Like Teen Spirit and Lithium became mega hits. And then that became, oh, that became uh, De Rajour, how we now write songs. So, but, you know, when you say it's vacillating between Nine Inch Nails and Smashing Pumpkins, you are just, just stabbing in stabbing my metal heart with that. Because this is Rob Halford and John Five. Uh, yeah, even though John Five goes on to wide acclaim in two years, 
playing on several Marilyn Manson records in a row, none of which I enjoyed, quite honestly. Even though I love I love John Five, but I like the solo stuff the best because he is horribly underutilized. But yes, a discordant solo, a little bit of everything on this one. You know, it, it kind of starts and stops, and you know, it's it's kind of sexual, so it's kind of a stutter kiss. Nice. That's track two. So, by the way, congratulations on using the word vacillating there. It's a good word that I like it. So a $5 um, word. Yeah, exactly. So this starts off again. We've got a, a steady, a slightly slower, again, Nine Inch Nails style synth and drum build up. Some very nice grooves, some cool riffs, a strong, catchy chorus. Again, I think that's one thing that um, makes this album. Well, certainly so far makes this work for me is that the choruses are strong and catchy. Um, it's weird for Rob Halford, but you know, so what? Um, great solo. This one's more like a classic twiddly bluesy hard rock solo, but you know, it works. And again, it's quite grunge. We've got a bit more sound garden coming in here. I feel, um, still a lot of nine inch nails. Um, I think it's a good song again. I agree with everything you said. I know it sounds like I haven't listened to this, but I did. I promise everyone I listened. But Duncan is really kind of nailing it this week so far. Stutter Kiss. It nine is... inch nailing it. Oh, he's nine inch nailing it three times. <laughs> ding, ding. You know, cause All right. Nine Inch Nails is uh, supposedly that's like the crucifixion nails. That's that's where the name came from. Oh, okay. I did not know or, that. Or that's just something an ex-girlfriend told me in 1995 to make me like him more. I don't know. Who knows? Nails. Uh, I did see Nine Inch Nails that year, by the way. Got paid for it. That was when I worked at the arena. Anyway, so yeah, this one, what I really like best about this one is it's got that wonderful John 5 twiddles, and I could listen to John 5 twiddle for about eight hours. And I think your average person who listens to Rob Zombie or Marilyn Manson or even the Van Halen records John 5 did, not I'm talking Van Halen, the David Lee Roth albums John 5 did, probably do not realize the depth and breadth of his talent and his ability. He even holds back on his solo records when he's playing a six minute twiddle solo on his solo albums. That's not even all he can do. Mm -hmm. It's only in. And I mean, I, I don't know where it ends. I don't think anybody really knows, but him, but I, I did dig that. And, but I am not a big fan of industrial metal and the shine is wearing off for me on this one. It's getting a little rusty because water's leaking. Nice. That's track three. So this has got one of those halftime shuffle grooves that I, again, nine inch nails do a lot. The kind of that kind of groove where it's missing a note. The yeah. beat is there, but the note is not. So it, it mm. sounds like a, Feels like the car, you, you don't, like you don't know how to drive a stick. Yeah. So, yeah, then it builds up and builds up, and it's got a shouty chorus repeating the title, which, again, I think it works. And then it gets into this really, really thick, layered, massive um, production bit, um, which reminds me a bit of Devin Townsend, you know, where you've got huge, huge swamping guitars, but you've also got layers of almost orchestral synthesizers going on underneath. So I really liked that. I thought I thought that worked. Um, nice mix, you know, to mix all of those sounds coherently is not easy, but it works. Um, I do think this one's verging a tiny bit on new metal. It just about skirts around the 
big cheese factor of new metal, which I'm not into. But anymore, uh, anymore. Yeah, but it does hint at that. Um, it's still a good song, maybe not quite as good as the other two for me. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm enjoying it still. Fair enough. What I really like about this album is it never feels it has yet to feel false. Mm-hmm. This sounds authentic. It sounds very much a product of its time, of course, which I think product of its time is probably a phrase we should never use again because 99.9% of the albums we have reviewed are products of their time. Mm-hmm. But yes, it's very nine inch nailsy. It's very, you know, the, the complaint on grunge was that it was so depressing and nobody was happy anymore after years of hair metal. And, you know, gloomy's one thing, but Rob Halford never struck me as gloomy. Rob Halford's music and Judas Priest was never really even angry, which I mm-hmm. think probably why fight didn't work because you know, play, play, uh, oh, what was uh, heading on into the highway song? I don't remember the name of that one. Or, I don't know, man. I don't think I've heard it. You know, living after midnight, breaking the law. These are fun. Yeah. Yes. And this is not fun. There is mm-hmm. n- nothing fun here. It's a lot like, you know, you're walking into a new, you're walking into somebody's house and you bang your head and they go, oh, careful. The ceiling is low. <laughs> so my ceiling's low is track four. This one begins with this one's a bit faster, like steady-ish still. Most of the tracks are pretty steady, but getting into faster, like um that type of speed, tempo. So it's got some unsettling textures and some unusual kind of slightly discordant chord sequences, and I quite liked that. And then it kicks into this grunge-esque chorus, which is pretty good and catchy. Um and yeah, look, it's another good song with great dynamics. So uh, yeah, I'm quite into this one, I have to say. Uh, say something I can disagree with so I can actually say something here. I need some help. <laughs> but yes, it, you're you're describing this perfectly. The biggest complaint I would have with this record so far, apart from Nick's personal taste, is that it's a little samey. You yeah. Know, it's it's, it's kind of like like one of the things like 90s hip hop records. And I know this I'm I'm going I'm going way around the bend to get to get this in. But like if you listen to Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg or uh Back to Fuck Up by Onyx or Digital Underground's um stuff, a lot of it it's it's very eh, a lot like a lot of the albums we do where they have this one great riff and then everything is a variation on that riff Mm. and that's kind of that kind of became a thing in the 90s where that's how these hip-hop bands did it and hip-hop artists were getting more and more play and more and more popularity around this time you know at this time at the time that they're recording this snoop dogg has become a major, major star. Uh, Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G. is about to blow up. So yeah, there, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of looking over and what can we do? And that's kind of, that. that's that's a big, big kind of thing on this album. And 
maybe they don't want me to point it out. Maybe they'll just say, leave me alone. Hey, okay. So that's track five. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I do agree with that. It does get a little bit samey after a while. Um, so yeah, this starts off with another groovy intro, then into, I would say this is almost into groove metal, like groove industrial metal with some big guitar riffs, steady tempo still. And then it breaks down to mostly just drums and vocals. And again, there's some really strong vocal melodies here, which I think is largely a, a lot of what carries this. Um, excuse me. Good chorus. It's tense and it's heavy and it's unsettling. But it has a nice hook, which is melodic and catchy. And I noticed that there are some nice percussive effects in this one, the, the synth effects, but kind of, you know, pew, 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 or whatever. Um, some cool percussive ones. So, yeah, I again, I liked this track as well. It does get a bit samey, I agree, but I'm still enjoying it at this point. I, I am also still enjoying it at this point. And eh, is it samey? Yeah. Is it awful? No. One it. I'm getting ear fatigue at this point, which, mm -hmm. you know, is a, a comment I use frequently. But have you noticed that we haven't really spoken about Rob Halford's soaring vocals? Oh, yeah, we need to cover this. Yeah, they're not there. He sounds like I would describe it as a bit like um, Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins. Um, he's a bit snarly, very American, very American accent. Um, and... Yeah, sometimes a bit whispered and kind of low to mid, well, kind of more just mid-range, kind of this... Uh, it's that... that feel very happy today. Yeah, it's, it's that... <laughs> it's that 90s take on the Ozzy Osbourne angular delivery where right. it's kind of melodic, but not really, and it sounds like it's being affected, but it's not that yeah kind of thing that <laughs> that that like yeah, um, yeah. oh god, who was that band? Uh, Drowning Pool. So like okay, when Drowning yeah. Pool would sing, they would you know they're my god, they were new metal, they were metalcore before it existed. Holy crap, I just realized that. But when they would sing, you know, do their melodic singing, it it was like this. That's what it's that kind of singing, yeah. and. I don't think any of us expect that to come out of Rob Halford, but here no. we are. And I think there's a few bits where he's overlaying. Um, there's a few sections where the vocals are overdubbed. So you've got a few layers of Rob, like doing slightly different tones. So somewhere he's that maybe discordant, that discordant harmony. Yeah. And like corn did that. I mean, corn did it way more than this. Um, yes. The, that's it. The corn kind of vocal. Jonathan Davis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Totally. There's a bit of that going on, I would say. Yeah. This, yeah. I mean, this album is such a pastiche of 1992 to 1998. Yeah. There is, there is a bit of that going on. You know, on we've got sure. some groove metal like White Zombie. We've got Marilyn Manson style scariness. We've got Nine Inch Nails writing. We've got, you know, we've got Corn's vocals because Corn was coming around, coming out at the same time as this as well. Oh yeah, sure, 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 man. So it's got so many, many different things, but what it doesn't have is Rob Halford. Yeah, that's right. It absolutely doesn't sound anything like him. And you, I, I said it earlier. I would not have said Rob Halford. If, if someone just played me this and I didn't know it existed and they didn't tell me it was Rob Halford and they said, who's the singer on this? I'd be like, eh, I don't know. Exactly. I, I have no idea who this is. And, you know, it, it is what it is. And 
yeah. what, I mean, what do you want it to be? I, 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 I want soaring crazy Rob Halford. Yes. I, I need that though. The, it's not there. And I can ask you if it was there, what would happen? And if like, if Roger Waters said, speaking of trains, if I were a train, I'd be late. And this album so far, this album is feeling late to the party. All right. So you've just uh, hinted at the word if a few times, which is the title of the next track. So this has a spooky kind of synth intro, a bit more cinematic than anything we've had so far, almost orchestral sounding. But then that kind of drops away and we have another big drum build up. And we're into, guess what? Nine Inch Nails-esque, steady grooving electronica. So it is getting a little bit samey, I have to say. Breaks down to mostly drums and vocals. And you've got these quite nice major key melodies in the vocals, which I liked. And again, a good grungy chorus. Quite poppy, um, a bit Jane's Addiction. Um, yeah, it is getting a bit samey. I still like it. I'm still enjoying it. But... Um, nothing is standing out that much as being different from the previous track. That is the exact problem I'm having right now. And if I may riff on my if metaphor again, if I were metal, would I listen to this album? If I were Rob Halford, would I be singing this song? And if I were Trent Reznor, would I be putting my money behind this album? No mm -hmm. idea. Um, but that last song, if it wasn't there, it really wouldn't have changed the album at all. So they could put it deep in the ground. All right. Well, that's track seven. So this is where it does change, but I'm not sure it's for the better. It has a bleepy intro. Then we're kind of straight into the chorus and it's very like 60s pop-esque. And then it starts to remind me of Smash Mouth and that type of thing, but with extra bleeps. It's all a bit strange. It's Wait, do you 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 mean the All Star guys? Hey, now you're an All Star. Get your game yeah. on those guys. Yeah. Wow, I don't know if your stream was right. Continue. <laughs> well, yeah. So it just starts to sound almost a bit pop punk, and it feels a bit lightweight. The chorus is so melodic and so sixties inspired and quite upbeat. It just doesn't feel right to me. So I probably would have left this song deep in the ground. I think. Oh, fair enough. I uh, did not get any of that, but okay. This one, you know, it's it it's a harder and harder to pay attention when you get to the middle of all this sameness. And it, you know, if you this is actually the first time looking at the song titles. I didn't look at the song titles at all before while listening to the album because I don't want to. I don't ever. I don't. Which I don't ever do. I want to get you know full on and. Wow, these are some really, really 90s influenced titles. This is uh, very The Cure. This is very Nine Inch Nails. It's weird. So let's go ahead and shake it up. And I don't have a pun for this one with Hey, Sha La La. What the hell? In, indeed, yeah. That's a very 60s type of uh, thing to say, isn't it? Like a 60s pop chorus. It's a 60s well, this... pop band, it sounds like. Hey, we're the yeah. Sha La La's. Yeah, true, yeah. Well, it starts with, a, again, a steady going into fast intro, a bit smashing pumpkins-y again. Strong, catchy chorus, lots of dynamics again. It's not quite as heavy or as metal as some of the tracks have been, but there is another cool, very cool, weird, effective guitar solo which did stand out, and I like that. So 
Maybe not the best track in the world, but pretty good. Back on form after the detour with deep on deep under the ground, whatever it's called, deep in the ground, which felt out of place. This feels back in place again. We are very much in the point of an album where I having a real hard time caring about the songs just because of what it is. And there's nothing wrong with this song. They were probably not mentioning John five solos enough because, and that's one of the things that I would about this record that I think would put people off from industrial metal. You know, this probably the closest contemporary to this album is Marilyn Manson's portrait of the American family. And it didn't really have solos. It had Mm -hmm. a lot of discordant, strange noise things. So now we're doing this kind of music with solos, which probably, and in in the mid nineties, the guitar solo was, Oh my God, what are you doing? You are awful. You are, you know, you're just getting yourself off on this one. Nobody needs this. I mean, it was, it was, it was a weird time, you know, you know, lead guitar players were referred to as sonic colorists, which made no sense to me, but uh, yeah, I, this song did not make me wake up. Mm -hmm. Well, that's track nine. So this starts with almost rock, a rock and rolly riff. Like, excuse me, a distorted guitar, melodic rock riff with a bit of a nod to that swaggery, groovy rock and roll. Then it breaks down to just drums and effects and Halford doing a kind of drawl, a dark, drawly vocal. Then it goes back to the other bit. And again, it just for me, it doesn't quite fit together because the chorus is so poppy and upbeat and rock and rolly. And then this drawly dark breakdown section which i think is the verse is so dark and dreary and downbeat and they don't quite work for me together but there is a nice distorted bass riff break which did stand out and i liked that but yeah this didn't massively make me wake up i have to say yeah i don't need this song and more and more as we are digging into what would be considered side two, I don't believe there was ever a vinyl release of this one, perhaps cassette. The more and more we dig into this, I keep thinking, wow, this could have been an EP. Yeah. Plenty, plenty of songs on here for a great EP or a short 30 minute record. Eh. But you know what? It's, 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 it's limping. It's limping to the finish line with the continuous monotony. And if you walk with a limp, they might call you a gimp. Well, that's track 10, gimp. Of course, the original band's name was gimp. So Terrible name. This, Terrible this name. Has a, yeah, this has a nice riff. It's, it's kind of an odd, slightly discordant riff. I liked it. Strange vocals, but cool. Melodic vocals, but just slightly odd. Noisy guitars. This is pretty cool. Um, Again, another melodic, catchy chorus, and it works. And you've got some more of that big, thickly layered um, sound with a few, you know, with a few bleeps and bloops and synthy sounds underneath those massive, all-encompassing heavy guitars. Um, Pretty good song, but not massively different from the others similar to it that have proceeded. Yeah, and I mean, it's... Every song works to a point, but 
every song is similar to the one that precedes it to a point which makes it hard to keep going and you know what i don't have a pun for the next one because there's just no way you can make a pun for a classically classic mid-90s titled song bed of rust indeed yeah all right sorry (laughs) well yeah so this starts with effecty space noises and then gradually an electronic beat emerges from this uh swirl of noise and then some dark melodic half whispered vocals enter and then good melodies and gradually 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 the drums and bass build up with a quite nice groove and essentially this song just keeps on building so You've got some strong melodies. You've got, and you, you like basically the chorus comes in quite early, but it's not fully built up. So you don't quite know it's the chorus. And then as it builds up more, you're like, okay, that is the chorus, isn't it? Um, and I quite like the slow burn of it. Um, and then it finally kicks in after a few minutes with a, with a final chorus, but it still kind of has the feeling of building. And I'm thinking, okay, it's going to now kick in again. We're going to go up another gear, but it doesn't. It just breaks down and finishes. And it's like, Oh, okay. I liked the building, 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 but maybe they could have actually hit a bit more of a climax with that. So it felt like a bit of an anti-climax after all that building in some ways, but still pretty good song, some good melodies. And I quite like the unconventional structuring of it rather than the loud, quiet, loud, quiet. It was build, 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 stop. So there you go. Man, I wish this song had been the first song. Because mm-hmm. by the time I got to this song, I did not need any more songs. Mm. So I did not hear this song like you did. I listened to it, but I didn't hear it. So I can, white men can't jump. You can listen to Jimmy, but you can't hear Jimmy. And I couldn't hear this one. So I'm going to move on into my sum up, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, do it. Trying to go a little bit quicker this week. Um, you know, to quote my good friend and co-host of the Glacier Musical Podcast, Keefe Chakas. Who asked for this? This is it bad? No. Is it good? I'm not the right person to judge that because I don't typically like this kind of music. It's one of the few genres of music that I mostly dismiss out of hand. But it it's kind of like when we did the the Vanilla Ice record, Too Cold, when he went, you know, grunge metal or whatever that was. Who asked for that? I mean, nobody asked for that. Nobody asked for that. Nobody asked for this. These albums came out at basically the exact same time. You know, legacy artists trying a new thing. And for somebody who is not a fan of those new things, both of these seem like they fit right into the scope of the genre for me. But I think for in this instance, we have a lot of box checking, a lot of genre checking. And that's what makes this feel, in retrospect, fake. Did Mm -hmm. I get this in? Did I get that in? And so in the end, spin it or bin it? Yeah, I'm a bin it on this one. I will never, I don't ever want to listen to this one again. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it does feel quite as fake as that. I think somehow they managed to make it feel quite authentic, actually. Um. But I can see what you're saying. I think it does get too samey. It's definitely strange for Rob Halford to be doing this sort of music. I can see why his existing fans rejected it largely. Um, I kind of like it. Overall, I think there's a lot of really good songs, some great choruses, great melodies. 
The production's decent. Yeah, sure. It's a kind of quite well-produced, sheeny version of industrial, you know, like even more so than Nine Inch Nails, who who are always known as a, a more poppy version of industrial, really. Um, so, but yeah, but, but I, I like it. I think it does work for the most part. There's perhaps a bit too much of it. I agree with what you said about that. It could have been shorter. There could have perhaps been a bit more variation. Although having said that, when they do get varied, like they go all 60s and stuff, it doesn't work for me. Um, so like varying it a bit more, but still, but not stepping too far out of the style that they're supposed to be in. Um, yeah, uh, there's some great guitar stuff as well. Some really cool solos from John Five. Um, and you know, I'm I'm jaded, so I'm always if they're quite standard solos, I they but tend to bore me. But these didn't; these were really good. So overall, all the, all the pieces are there. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, it's not a high spin it, but it is a spin it. I think this is a pretty good record. You know, it's kind of a three star record for me. It's got a lot going for it. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I was kind of pleasantly surprised by how well it works. You know, Rob Halford, it doesn't sound anything like Rob Halford, but it sounds like a guy who is legitimately doing industrial metal, who understands it and knows it. So there you go. Yeah. I'll give you that. If it's a 30 minute record, I'm probably into the spin it territory. But that's besides mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh I, I got nothing else. You? Nope. Thanks for listening. And thanks for listening, everybody. We listened. Now you can decide if you want to.